0: Hello Guardians, welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cory Deergan, alongside me as always is the Master himself, Josh Finney.
1: I don't know where that was going.
0: I didn't either. I'm not going to lie. There wasn't anything really that happened this week to give me a chance to give you a nickname, Josh.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: The the Santa himself, Josh Finney.
1: That's right. I bring nothing but Christmas cheer.
0: You are the most cheerful person I've ever met, Josh.
1: Uh, my incredibly sunny disposition. <laughs> it's been a week, Corey. It's been a week. I've had two check engine lights in the last week. Ooh, Two different cars. Good. Yeah, it, is not, it has not been uh, very enjoyable for Don't me. Don't like uh, that. Neither of them are, like, big issues particularly, but uh, they are both quite annoying.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Anything that has to do with a car is quite annoying, though. Let's be honest. Even in oil, Yeah, oil I don't... Change.
1: I'm not... I don't work on cars. I don't know anything about cars. I just know, hey, the check engine light came on. I'm gonna... I'm gonna try to, uh, you know, take it in. So...
0: That's fair. That's fair. Oh, man. Josh, things are happening. That's things are say.
1: indeed happening. Th- things are indeed happening. It has been... It's been a busy couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, it sure it sure has. Uh, this week in particular was extra busy for me. Um, So I will share that with you later. But, man, you know what else is busy, Josh?
1: What else the, is busy, Corey?
0: The Destiny team trying to fix this uh, dawning bug that apparently is bad. Like the mechanic the just bug. doesn't work.
1: <laughs> what doesn't work? i haven't the heard don- about any dawning bug
0: the, oh the the dawning bug that <clears throat> there's been stuff all over the place
1: no i haven't seen a single thing about this
0: oh i apparently the mechanic and the dawning event just doesn't work like 40 percent of the time
1: because i <clears throat> haven't seen that at all <laughs> yeah I've had, I, I saw pe- i saw people complain like oh i'm not getting ingredients as often as i used to and uh I haven't really seen that I was they were raining down when I was doing the uh, what do you call it when I was doing the uh, the dungeon yesterday. Interesting. Paul Tassi
0: wrote two articles on it in the last two days.
1: Huh. I well, I don't I don't read Paul Tassi, so.
0: Well, I guess that's fair. But yeah, anyways. Oh man, Josh! It's uh, this is the last, this is the last episode of the year, final, the final sh- shape, if you will.
1: <laughs> man, what and what what a year it has been! We're we're gonna do we're gonna do a little bit of a year in review here, yeah. Uh, because there's there's not much to talk about tonight. The, the dawning is more like the yawning. Um, it's more of the same. Big whoop. Um, I'll go unlock the glaive and the memento at some point this week. I'm sure. Um, but there really genuinely has been almost nothing. Um, <clears throat> we'll talk about a few stats that are in here, um, as well as a few stats that I had sent to me by members of the community, of our community. Um, but we'll, we'll tackle that in a little bit. Well, let's talk about some of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess, to kind of do like a Destiny year in review. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess we'll go like kind, kind of like a round robin. Um, And uh, I'll I'll kick us off. I think um, in terms of good stuff, um, the coil, the coil is the best activity they've ever done in a season. Just straight up. I know it's only like two weeks old, but it's the it's the best seasonal activity they've ever done. Um, I think really seasonal activities in general this year, like maybe weren't like incredible, but they've all clearly built off each other to get to the coil Mm-hmm. um we've really been building on like roguelike elements and whatnot uh to get here and i really enjoy that i think that's been a lot of fun i think it's been a suitable challenge for those who want the challenge and hey if you don't if you don't want to do that go do Rivens slayer um yep. so that that's always there as an option that's that's one pathway as opposed to doing all four um mm-hmm. so i think that's i think that's been pretty cool what's uh what's a positive for you Corey?
0: Um, I mean, I think the, this, like you said, the seasonal activities, but I would say the seasons in general this, this year have really, been, I think, I think the seasons have been, especially uh, this one and, and season of the witch have been really good for me. I'm trying uh, to the withhold. First, I would say the, I would say, um, the first season was not great, but the rest no, of them, the, I think the defiance,
1: defiance is pretty bad.
0: Yeah, but I would say the rest of them have been pretty good. Especially season of, season of the witch was
1: was was good. I think the yeah. story is. I think the story definitely has been good. Um, I haven't really been the biggest fan. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of um, deep dive. I think deep dives are cool. Um, with the Josh, we got fishing. Fishing was fun for a day and a half. <laughs> um. Again, you know, just overall, not the uh, not the biggest fan. Um, I think which I think which has been good You're 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 on the money there. I think I was just so exhausted. And that, that's a personal thing. I think I was so exhausted by that point that I just didn't really want to acknowledge that uh, it had been a good season. Plus, um, like everything that has happened within the last two or three. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think right? the, I think the like, the story, the story was never in doubt, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I think the story I, has been pretty solid overall. Yeah, I, I'm saying like maybe
0: like sometimes the things that are happening at the studio overshadow the game sometimes and uh, it's not been a great couple months for Bungie in general between like the, the HR stuff we talked about earlier this year and you know obviously the layoffs and now the Sony stuff that's kind of coming out like yeah, it's been a pretty negative year for the company but you know I, I i try my best to to separate the the company from the game sometimes you know the
1: and i mean that that's kind of what we have to do i, I think you know you, you hit the nail you hit the nail on the head it's been a pretty rough uh it's been a pretty rough couple of months for uh for bungie as a studio i think mean, really it's been it's been a year um when we think about. Bungie, I mean, it kind of started off with Lightfall, right? Like we we've talked uh, at length about the uh, the kind of mid reception to uh, to Lightfall. Um, I think that's been something that didn't necessarily go underreported. I think it got overreported in a lot of ways. Um, it's definitely been a struggle to watch them try to bounce back from that initial pretty bad reception. As far as like the story and the plot line went, it was like, it's kind of the first time I think since shadow keep where we were like, where exactly are we going with this? Right. Like shadow keep still felt like a pretty self-contained expansion. Like they, like the expansions usually are. Um, But having the pyramid ship really like, and I think it would have worked as a standalone story in a lot of ways you know heiress and trauma and things like that but the pyramid ship kind of like flips everything on its head right and yeah. then that kicks off like this this storyline that ultimately leads to you know the pyramids showing up in arrivals and the planets disappearing and then the go beyond light happens and um, the witch queen happens and things like that I think we kind of gotten used to like the seasonal stories can be a kind of like whatever like we, we'd had pretty strong seasonal storytelling I would argue overall since arrivals. Mm-hmm. We'd forgotten like how rough an expansion can look for Destiny, mm-hmm. um, in terms of the story. I mean, the story, like whatever. I think they <coughs> walked a lot of that back with Veil containment and with the witnesses origin cutscene from Deep, which for me is like one of the highlights of the year. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. But I, I think that the fact still remains that fans expect a premium product when they pay a premium price. Yeah, and you you should. You, you should, you know, we, we were critiqued it on this show, you know, like we were a little bit more favorable towards it than a lot of folks were. Um, yeah And I saw this question pop up on Reddit earlier today, like, oh, should, you know, I see that Lightfall is on sale. Should I, do I have to get Lightfall to enjoy Destiny? Should I get it? All I see are bad reviews. And it's like, well, yeah, you should still get it because I mean, I still think there's stuff worth playing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Strand, I think Strand alone is worth the price of admission personally. Yeah. Um, especially if you can get it for like half price, I, you you can't beat that. I think it's the same argument I, w- I made with Beyond Light. I think Beyond Light was overall pretty disappointing, but Stasis was so good that it was like, yeah, yeah it's totally worth <clears throat> it just to get for Stasis. And I don't think that's like necessarily good for the game's long term health. I don't think it should be like an every other expansion is a must play experience. Yeah. Um. But or like every third expansion is kind of the cycle that we've gotten to. But at the same time, like expecting these to be good every single year is like expecting Call of Duty to be good every year. Like it's just not going to happen. It's effectively an annualized franchise. Like think of think of like World of Warcraft trying to pump out an expansion every year. Yeah, that's why you know we propose on this show like you know they should probably shift to like an eighteen month release window for a release and support window for an expansion or even like up to two years maybe. Yeah, especially yeah. if especially if episodes
0: like three episodes a year, if that yeah. if that kind of routine takes off and the episodes are good, right? Like, yeah, you could probably go two years without an expansion and just rely on six episodes in between each expansion.
1: Maybe. I think it's I think it's harder to do with a console, but with a console heavy game, I think like PC players are more conditioned to that. But even like you know, you look at MMOs like ESO. ESO puts out a quality expansion every year. You know, yeah. they yeah. put out a quality expansion. They do seasons. They they do all this support. And, yeah, granted, it took them a while to get into that mode. But, like, they've, you know, they had a rocky launch. But they've been pretty pretty solid for, like, six, seven years now. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy Fourteen, nobody has to tell us, you know, uh, Realm Reborn had to happen for Final Fantasy Fourteen to be worth playing. Right. And, you know, now it's right. rightfully so. It's probably the most celebrated MMO on the planet right now. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, That'd be a pretty tough thing to argue against.
1: Des- Destiny is in this weird place of like it wants to be an MMO, but it's a first-person shooter, and I think that's what Bungie's kind of having to wrestle with too. And we, we've seen that identity crisis happen so much this year in particular um, with the new build crafting system and um, mod, basically modding 3.0 in uh, in game, which I think has worked and failed in various ways um i am still not super in love with it mm-hmm. um, but that's more of like a personal gripe that i have uh, yeah. just, and I, I wish things were just like simpler in game i don't i'm not really digging the armor charge system like i did charged with light or like i did elemental wells i think both of those systems were better um and part of that's because i'm, I'm stuck in my ways i mean i had like 15 hours 1500 hours using those two setups right Um, it's a it's always going to be a little bit hard to come to it. What I was ultimately surprised by is I got my Xbox year in review on Tuesday. I want to say Tuesday or Wednesday is when they sent those out. And I, I was just shocked that when I looked at mine that I had, I had like 500 hours in destiny this year. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is a year that I feel like I have played the least amount of destiny that I have played since pre opulence. I want to say like, I would have to go back probably to uh, 2018 to find a year that I played destiny as little as I did this year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I still engaged with and finished all my season passes, did all the seasonal content. I've, you know, crafted so many of the raid weapons from both raids. I've gotten dozens of runs in on both. I've gotten dozens of runs in, on uh, Ghost of the Deep, I've gotten about a dozen runs on Ghost of the Deep. I've gotten, so uh, I've, not several, I've gotten two in on Warlord's ruin so far, hoping to do a few more over the uh, break. But it's just like, it's funny. I, I've gotten into this mode of like, I want to play anything but Destiny, but nothing feels like Destiny. And yeah. that's... That's a good problem for Bungie to have, but it's also like an unenviable position, I think, for a developer to be in because then you constantly have to be raising the bar and like making new magic, and it's like, how do we do that? And it's even harder when your hands are being tied by management. Um, This is a different conversation I was having with some friends earlier. Um, I'm going to be doing a game of the year stream in two weeks, and we were talking about Starfield and how Starfield's probably not on any of our lists, on any of our respective top 10 lists, and when you and I reviewed it, Corey, I gave it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. And that that's roughly in line with what it's Metacritic is, is an 85. And I says, you know, in a typical year, like, that would probably be good. That would be good enough to be, like, probably, like, 7 or 8 on my list, you know? Mm-hmm. In a year like this, though, like, that's enough for it to get bumped off in favor of something truly unique. And I think that's kind of how I feel about Destiny right now is, like, I like it. I still like how it feels, the abilities, the gunplay. Nothing feels like Destiny. I love the story. I'm just so tired of the seasonal model. I'm tired of feeling like I'm doing the same stuff over and over and over and over and over again. That's why MMOs have never stuck for me. I don't like doing the same shit for like, you know, years on end. Mm-hmm. It's just not fun to me. That's why I think yeah. Diablo was such a breath of fresh air. Like, even though some of those corridors like and some of those dungeons started all feel the same, the first time I went through them, they were fun. Mm-hmm. World tier Dungeons were fun. I enjoyed the story. I put probably 100 hours into Diablo 4 this year. Um, It's been harder and harder for me to come back to Destiny after playing games like that that I've been enjoying with my friends. I mean, I play a lot of Fortnite. And I I didn't play as much Fortnite this year. And then all of a sudden they come out with three brand new modes. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'm playing a lot of Fortnite over the break. Uh, Three truly unique modes, too. Um, just as I was starting to wonder is my interest in Fortnite waning and then they come out with this so Mm -hmm. I do think there are there are things that can still be done to improve the health of the game but this is the seven month season could not come at a worse time that I think is like kind of like the underscore on all of this is despite with all the layoffs with the With the controversy at the top of the studio, you know, there was an HR controversy earlier in the year that we covered on this show. Um, and the kind of like lukewarm reception, the light fall as a whole. A seven month season is the last thing you want to come out and announce, along with a delay to early summer, which they've never released a game in June ever. Congratulations, yeah. you're launching between the major showcases. You're <laughs> launching a week after Memorial Day. You're basically dropping your raid the weekend that folks traditionally do their, you know, well, what was E3, rest in peace, um, conference weekend. So yeah. are you still gonna drop it then? Or are you gonna save it for another week? Are you gonna drop it at the end of that first week? Like, how are you how are you gonna do the dungeon? How are you gonna or the raid now? How are you gonna do the raid now? How are you gonna keep us engaged at the end game until that point? And like, well, we detailed what they're gonna do and it remains to be seen how effective that's gonna be. Um, I'm really hoping we come back from the break and we have some more information, but it has just been, it's been one thing after another. And, you know, we've seen Bungie in the past, you know, bounce back and make some of their greatest work when it feels like their backs are up against the wall. And I can only hope that that's what the final shape is. I just right now, it feels like we're going to be limping there.
0: Yeah. I almost wonder if. uh, I wonder if. The June release date is a fiscal quarter thing where somebody, probably Sony, said, you need to get this out by here, or we are, where
1: you are done with, you know, your leadership is done. Um, I do think that's probably part of it, if we're being honest, um, because the delay of the final shape pushed it out of Sony's entire fiscal year um, from what I, from what I gathered it, it's basically, it's pushing it out of their entire 2023, 2024 fiscal outlook. So that's a little curious to me. Um, I do think it allows them to have a to have like a tee up, you know, okay, you got a couple months to build it up. We're not really, we're not releasing anything between the end of the end of, uh, March and the beginning of June. Nothing else is on the docket. You're going to have like two months of runway there. To pr- just promote the hell out of it, that's when Into the Light is going to be starting, and then you're going to probably have the play- you're gonna probably have a PlayStation Presents showcase uh, that third week of May. So that'll give you one more chance to promote it. And man, you got to hope you knock it out of the park there and convince some people to come get it. They've at add- you know the Witch Queen got added to um, PlayStation Plus for users a little while back they gave away beyond light as a playstation plus thing earlier in the year yeah um you you gotta wonder like at what point do they just add the old expansions to it like okay we're not making money like let's put them on here and you know maybe they call microsoft up and say hey we want to make a deal yeah i don't think that they'll ever do that but you know like maybe we maybe you try and make a deal you know um and it's like just for console game pass. Like we're not gonna allow it on Windows because we still want people to buy on Steam. Um them giving it away on the Epic store kinda makes me think that something like that may be in the works. But I think that's the only way that you're really gonna get people interested in the final lead up to the end of this saga is if you do that and good luck. If you're if you're bungee, good luck right now. Um I do not wanna be in Joe Blackburn's shoes right now. Because I have a really bad feeling that if this doesn't get if the, they don't pull it off, I have a feeling he's the one who's getting the axe, not Pete Parsons or Jason Jones. Um, yeah. And that's a really unfortunate place to be. Um, he's he's in a pretty unenviable position. I, I was reading something from one of the devs who got laid off at the end of October, and they said like they've been sleeping like twelve hours a night since they got laid off because they're like, I'm not like crunching. I'm not overwhelmed with work and meetings and things like that. Like I'm actually sleeping consistently well. Like I'm feeling good for the first time in years. This is someone who had been there for like five or six years. So like just a little bit of insight to like what it's like working at Bungie. Like I think Liana tweeted out earlier today that like there were days where sometimes she had like 12 to 15 meetings in a single day and yeah, that's it. <laughs> fucking bonkers um i i just i don't i don't know yeah it's there there's so much stuff happening behind the scenes and there's been so much that's happened in game that's gotten such a you know i wouldn't even say like negative reception i'd say like lukewarm and then like it feels like we take one step forward and then two steps back like we had joe's great response to the state of the game that was written yeah you know, he came out and gave us that in passion video talked about the PVP strike team about map packs about all these changes they were going to start making and we were like hey maybe things are going to start working out and then like a month and a half later the other shoe drops and you've got people getting laid off in mass you know 90 people get laid off at least jason is reporting that, that that the final shape's delayed to june and or was delayed indefinitely, not necessarily June, but that it's delayed and that Marathon's pushed into 2025 and, like, Sony really can't step in and say, you're done with Destiny right now because they don't know if Marathon is going to be profitable. Like, at least Destiny for right now is profitable, but you're going to lose a lot of your bigger spenders probably once Final Shape is done. You know, I have not shied away from talking about how I feel about Final Shape as a whole. Like, I see that Mm -hmm. kind of as, like, I'm viewing an off ramp essentially to keeping up with this on a weekly basis. Like as soon as something drops, I'm covering it, I'm playing it so I can talk about it and I can break it down. Like my, my time is coming to an end because I've had 10 years of it now. Like, yeah, it is. It is exhausting to keep up with. Yeah. No game is more exhausting to keep up with than destiny is. That's in uh, my personal opinion.
0: I mean, that's, that's not wrong. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, they say they want people to play other games, but then like every week, like, especially for hardcore people, like you have to be
1: in it. <laughs> you have to be in it. Yeah. And I think like this year also, like the, and this is something that a one Johnny and I have talked about a lot over the years, destiny largely was succeeding the last couple of years and could get away with like having a bad season or something. Or like a lackluster seasonal model because there really wasn't a ton of other stuff coming out. Like we would break off, play a game, and then come right back. This year alone, in terms of games that are 50 hours or more, you had Tears of the Kingdom. You had Pikmin 4. You had Remnant 2. You had Baldur's Gate 3. You had Diablo 4. You had Starfield. You had Phantom Liberty. You had uh new super mario brothers wonder you had and i know that's not like the same thing right you had a complete o- revamp to fortnite you had um you know you had a new call of duty drawing call of duty whatever right but like i know i spent a lot of time in there over the last couple of months you've had you know hogwarts legacy you've had avatar you've had three persona games drop mm-hmm. um
0: <laughs> star you Wars. know
1: god you had jedi yeah jedi survivor i mean like that comes in under 50 but you had jedi survivor you know look at all the high quality games you had this year and that's not even counting indies or smaller games and yeah you get spread really thin this is like on record this may be the best year of games that we've ever had Mm -hmm. and yeah it makes sense something like destiny is going to get lost in the shuffle Mm -hmm. and like that doesn't mean that it's add it just means that you got to step your game up if you want to be competing like yeah. I look back to especially when I consider like 2020 and I think beginning of 2020 was a really dark time for the game you know Dawn the 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 whole rewriting history thing about Dawn is hilarious because nobody nobody praised Corridors of Time everybody sat there and bitched about it on Reddit we have the receipts everybody was upset about that yeah. largely didn't enjoy the weapons Didn't enjoy the sundial and didn't pay attention to the lore, really. Like, oh, we only got like three story missions. And then you have Worthy that follows that up along with Trials being busted when it launches and a pandemic. And then all of a sudden Arrivals happens. And Arrivals marks this turning point for this game that they just kind of go on this crazy run. Arrivals drops in June 2020. And I think between then, and I would say, Lightfall's launch. I don't know how many, like, must-play games there really were. Like, you have to drop everything to play this game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, We were all coming out of an Animal Crossing craze when Arrivals drops. And, I mean, like, in terms of, like, FPSs I and multiplayer games, I'm really struggling to think. I mean, Fortnite had some incredible stuff. Zero Build definitely provided probably, like the biggest draw, right? right. And yeah. that was last year though. That mm-hmm. was a 2022 thing. Yeah. Um god, it's been almost 2 years since Zero Build was introduced. That's wild. Um You had all
0: stuff now too this year
1: that's like going to revitalize Fortnite as a platform in general, you know. Which is yeah. crazy because like Fortnite was never hurting for users, but yeah. now it's yeah. like it's breaking records every other day. Yeah. I mean know? that because rocket racing st- looks cool rocket racing is it's it's fine for its first iteration festival is fine both of those are going to get better lego fortnite feels like it could be its own game with a few more features yeah did you see
0: did you see pdp by the way uh kind of tease rock band instruments or like reissued instruments oh yeah they're they're not teasing
1: it there's already files in the game that are color-coded for them yeah somebody found them in the files yeah it's already there (laughs)
0: That's so crazy. Uh,
1: Epic confirmed like two days after Fortnite Festival came out, like, yeah, in 2024, we're going to push an update that allows you to use existing rock band and guitar hero controllers. So I'm really happy because I still have a guitar hero controller in my closet. I'm pumped, but like, it's things like that that are starting to suck the attention away. I looked the last couple of years and like battlefield 2042 was a flop. The call of duties of the last couple of years have not been good. Like, they really lucked out at every turn. There really wasn't a big MMO to draw people away. You know? And then Mm -hmm. this year, all of a sudden, everything happens. Everything comes out at once this year. I mean, I got, I left Final Fantasy 16 off that list. I left Spider-Man 2 off that list of like games that have sucked us away. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's impossible to play everything you want to play to like consume all the media you want to. Like I largely have stopped watching TV shows because I just don't have time. Yeah. I don't go to the movies as much because I don't have time. But I'm using that time I would have spent doing either of those things, gaming. Because that's where I want to spend my like media time. And it's just so exhausting. Like, and I think for a lot of us, trying to keep up with an ongoing game has just become exhausting. Yeah. Like, and I as much as I love Destiny and like I keep saying it, like, no game feels like Destiny, no game has the abilities and the gunplay. Something has to change going into 2024 to keep the player base here. And I just, I don't know what it is anymore. We're not going to, we're not going to really like dive into it because we've talked about it so much and there's really nothing more we can say until we get the April showcase, which is going to show us more of the final shape until we see what into the light is. And until we see what wishes like those weekly progression quests are going to be, which I'm not holding my breath on that one. If you are, congratulations. I'm personally have zero expectations for that one. All my hope is kind of being banked on into the light right now, Mm -hmm. which is happening in April, which is, I mean, we don't know what release dates really look like for the year yet, but it's going to be a busy year across the board. If you know anything about this industry, it's going to be a really busy year. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, January and February are already (laughs) filling up. January and February are basically just like continuing this year. Uh, I expect, you know, March to start filling up and, You know, April, we've both said that we feel like Hellblade is coming in April. Stalker Mm -hmm. 2 has to come out at some point still in those first couple months. And yeah, I'm scared thinking about all the RPGs that are coming out in the back half of the year, like avowed. So, yeah, it's just like it. It's hard. It's hard to figure out how you're going to spend your time. Yeah, it's going to be a man.
0: I mean, I would say I feel bad for Destiny, but, like, this was going to happen at some point, right? Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially with the release that they just released this year, right? I mean, Lightfall,
1: <laughs> you know, we've talked it just about it. It, it didn't do it. It didn't do it. Yeah. You know? We, we've talked enough about it. You can go through our Lightfall campaign review or, you know, any of the uh, annoyances we had during Season of Defiance. But Yeah. You know, I, I think they were, and that's kind of the bungee story, like, oh, we're rebounding, you know, Destiny's rebounding, and then, oh, something happens either in or out of game that causes everything to crash. Yep. And come crashing back down to Earth. So, I don't know. I guess I, I just kind of, like, want to end this, like, kind of end-of-the-year discussion on, like, a hopeful note for next year. I, I do hope that they really nail it with the final shape. I do think that, like, I think that it's finally dawning on them, no pun intended, that Ah. the final shape is the literal, we've said it so many times over 10 years, it's the literal make or break moment for the franchise, though. Like, is this franchise going to be able to continue, or is this going to be, like, the last moment of glory, you know? That's kind of the point that you're at.
0: I mean, I wonder if the studio almost feels that way, too, in some Oh, I would say, they. I
1: guarantee they feel that way. You know, like are they still It's like excited? it's impossible not to i think
0: yeah i mean like are they still excited to work on this after the final shape comes out i mean obviously i think the final shape stuff is probably pretty much wrapped up and they're just polishing but uh i wonder <laughs> i wonder what the quality dip or increase will be <laughs> after the final shape in those first couple episodes will be
1: Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, like, for by all accounts, the people who are still there are there because they want to be there. I mean, at this point, if you're at Bungie, it's and you're not specifically on the marathon team. It's because you want to work on destiny, right? Like you want to make this game. And that's still where the vast majority of the studio is at. It's just, you know, we've talked about it before, but like, they I don't think Bungie necessarily took the hit by leaving Activision, but losing Vicarious Visions and High Moon did way more damage than anything else has done in terms yeah. of like the health of the game. You know, we we have a question that's going to that's going to come up tonight that asks, uh, would you rather have three raids or six dungeons? And it's funny that we even have to sit here and consider that because. Once upon a time, that didn't have to be a question, Right. right. You know, the first 24 months of Destiny 2, you had seven raids and two dungeons. Yeah. That's a wild statement to say.
0: Seven raiders. Now,
1: granted, two of those raids were raid layers, but you yeah, had but... five five raids, two two raid layers, two dungeons. Because that counts, you know, the first three releases of, yeah. you know, Destiny 2, Chris Cyrus, Warmind, Forsaken, and all its seasons, and then base Shadowkeep. Yeah. And... Then you look at the years since, and you're like, "Oh wow, like we kind of had to fight to get two raids a year, and three of those have been reprised raids." Yeah, and like that's that's fine that you're bringing that into D two because everybody loves that likes that content. That content deserves to be played by everybody. Man, it is it is rough. I think things are in a pretty rough place, and I'm just I'm interested to see what the what the game plan is going to be here. So I'm going to kind of reserve judgment on the future until we see that showcase in April. And God, I just hope we get to April with our sanity intact right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair though, I think you and I at least will be distracted by other things that maybe we won't, (laughs) you know, destiny won't drive us too crazy with, you know, how long the season is obviously, but I don't know, man.
1: It's going to be a tough one. Yeah. It's going to be, it is in fact going to be a tough one. So, uh, Corey, what do you say that we, uh, we talk about some slightly more positive things? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's try to be a little bit positive.
0: I feel like we've been a little downer on a few episodes recently, just well, by the nature, I I, I think (laughs) it's just
1: like, it's just the nature, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, let's, let's be a little, let's give a little plus plus here, Josh. Yeah, let's uh let's jump in. There's there's not much in the final Chwab of the year. Um we're uh we're gonna talk about this real quickly though. There's some Fireteam Finder statistics here. Um some of the stats, for example. Um the top three activities where we've seen groups form via Fireteam Finder dungeons, 43.3%. No surprise with a brand new dungeon being uh, two weeks old. Mm-hmm. Raids 26.5% and uh, this one caught me by surprise. Free roam twenty-one point one percent. Ooh, free roam. Lost sector completion rate by fire team finder groups, Aphelion's Rest, 84%. I don't know why you need a fire team to do that one, but okay. Bay of Tron Wishes 77%, Scavengers Den 73 Skydock 4, 73, and the Quarry 70. Those are really interesting. Um I'm, uh, I'm I'm curious to see why we why we are grouping up to go to lost sectors. But OK, then,
0: um, I mean, if you're trying to get new people in and they're trying to trying out the game for the first, time I guess. Whatever.
1: But I mean, those are probably like a group of the easiest lost sectors in the game. Yeah. It's not like we're it's not like we're trying to take them to do the Niamuna ones or something. Yeah, Josh, I'm just trying to be nice, OK? I'm not. I'm not. I said I was going to be positive. I lied. Um, This is just positive. (laughs) They have have an article in here about um, how much the Bungie Foundation has done this year. Um, $3.2 million raised for charity this year, including uh, $730,000 raised for the combined relief and recovery efforts in Turkey and Syria after the February earthquake and in Maui when the August wildfires left the island in ruins. 47 wishes granted for Make-A-Wish, including a very special wish day for a Destiny superfan, Wyatt, uh, at their corporate headquarters. And three new partner organizations onboarded into the Little Lights program, bringing our total of 14 across the globe. Um, and there's a uh, there's a little video here from some of the voice actors, uh, including uh, Nolan North is one uh, that's in here. Um, I don't know who else. The, the video just refused to load for me repeatedly. Um but yeah, um, so that's cool. They're going to be doing uh, the camp, the Game to Give uh, campaign. Again, the 5th anniversary from January 18th to February 4th. So that'll be uh, kind of cool to see what's going to happen there. We have some final statistics for the year, Corey. Hey, I, with found, him, I found these to be really interesting. Um, I think they're, they're worthy of a little bit of discussion. We do have a question about these too. So I want to get to that question when we get here uh the crafting there were 2.8 million weapons crafted during the crafting of which 559,000 were the Amit R2 AR2 uh, auto rifle um our friend Joe Asus uh, ran that with volt shot incandescent it was really funny to watch uh Crota's end 16.4 million attempts by 1.1 million guardians which equals out to 6.2 million clears by 690,000 guardians Root of Nightmares. The this th- Root of Nightmares blew my mind. 28.7 million attempts by 1.6 million Guardians, 14.8 million clears by 1.2 million. Warlord's Ruin. Keep in mind, this is uh, 11 days old as of the time of this recording. Already up to 4.9 million attempts by 687,000 Guardians. Two point million clears by 528,000. So that's good. That's got a pretty good ratio of attempt to completion.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Um, and then uh, Ghost to the Deep, 19.8 million attempts by 1.3 million Guardians. 8.4 million clears by 1.1 million Guardians. Our question about this tonight comes to us from Ronnie. And uh, I want to make sure that I get to this. Uh, Do you guys uh, personally think this is a balance that they have achieved? With the stats showing more than half more attempting versus half clearing, Uh, they found have they found just the right method uh, or balance of difficulty? No matter what the echo chamber super fans say.
0: Um, I mean, I think I I feel like this is something they've been working on for a long time, right? Yeah, and so I mean, this is definitely better than the stats that they were giving out for Destiny 1, right, were like, you know, those were, those stats were just atrocious of attempts yeah. versus clears versus how many active players there were, right? So I think their balance is definitely getting way better. Uh, I sure. think they've struck a good balance with dungeons in particular, uh, just because I think it's easier to wrangle two friends than f- and five friends, right? But, uh I don't know. These numbers seem pretty positive for me. Uh, I mean, you could always do better, and obviously, they're always going to balance and tweak and change, and you know, do all these things. But overall, I feel like these numbers are pretty good, except for the fact that, like, the amount of guardians like
1: playing seems kind of low. But maybe that's just me. So I I would say this first off: the end game has always been. Pretty low, I would say. Um, I think that having over a million guardians attempting or clear mm-hmm. attempting slash clearing raids and dungeons is a really healthy number for the player base that has fluctuated wildly this year. Um I do think they finally have struck the difficulty gold mine though, because when you look at, you know, we all we all said, oh Ron was too easy, you know. That yeah, uh, and it that was a, really easy. <laughs> it is a very easy raid uh to be completely fair. But you look at Ghost of the Deep, I think Ghost of the Deep had the right amount of challenge. I think that uh, Crota had the right amount of challenge, especially especially on week 1. I think that was great compared to Root of Nightmares. Um you know, you look at how how many teams really struggled to get Crota done. It was the lowest weekend 1 Completion since Garden of Salvation, I believe, that's yeah. pretty good. You it's, know, considering this has been a complaint by the hardcore community since Deepstone Crypt. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive. And then Warlord's Ruin, really, really like that. That's off to a great start. I'm sure that those numbers are going to spike over the holidays. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's showing that like even even so, like t- like six hundred thousand people have at least attempted the dungeon, and almost six hundred thousand have cleared it. Yeah. Those are pretty good numbers for the first eleven days. Yeah. And also going back to Crota, right? I mean, I feel like I feel
0: like maybe that was lower just because I mean Crota's been a joke until this year, right? I mean, that rate has always been the joke of destiny. And uh I think they made it harder on purpose. Uh and so maybe that maybe skews the numbers a little bit, especially opening weekend.
1: Um, I mean opening weekend it w- it was a wild success they had so many people trying it out opening weekend Yeah no
0: um, I I mean like the like clears and you know you know what I mean like I, guess. I, I feel like I just feel like Crota is in a way better spot now I'm I'm trying to put a positive it spin is. on this right like I know I, I,
1: I mean I th- I think Crota is absolutely a positive thing like you look at it 690,000 unique guardians have cleared that raid and it's only been 4 months Yeah like that's, I think that's pretty good. Root of yeah. Nightmares by comparison has been out for about 10 months and 1.2 million Guardians. And that's a much easier raid to me. Yeah. Um, I do find it interesting that almost the exact same amount of Guardians have had at least one clear on Ghosts of the Deep compared to Rooted Nightmares. That's the interesting comparison for me. But I do think that like ultimately <laughs> you're going to, I think these numbers probably settle out in the 20 to 30 million range, you know, for the typical activity. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this shows that like people are coming back, they're coming back for loot. If they feel that the loot is good, they're gonna keep coming back. Like Ruda Nightmares has 28.7 million attempts and 14.8 million clears Mm -hmm. because the loot was good. Say what you will about that raid. The loot was good, the loot is good in Crota. Yeah, I don't really feel that way about these two dungeons as much, Mm -hmm. but I think that's more of like, oh, I I would love to see what the numbers were. For ghosts before fire team Finder. Yeah. Um I don't think that I don't think it got a huge spike, just to be totally clear. I don't think I've got a a big spike. I'd also like to see like how how many Crota attempts were put in after Fire Team Finder went live. Um Mm -hmm. I think now with the addition of that tool in game, you're gonna see these numbers only climb. And that's good, but that's also relying on like your hardcore rating fan base sticking with it like this if you were to, if you were to average this out that means the average guardian you know it would be saying like oh the average guardian's doing like seven clears of root of nightmares yeah you know and we know that's not you know totally true like I mean my total clears probably like I probably got like over a dozen clears in it mm-hmm. um I ghost of, the deep. ghost of the deep I think is a little skewed though because we were all cheesing the final boss like the first weekend it came out oh yeah so I do think that that like I, I would be interested if this is full attempts or if this is just like, you know, you loaded into it at any time and started. That yeah. would be my my uh, data point that I'd like to see. And I have no idea how you'd even report that. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't think that there's any danger. I, I think they have finally struck that balance. There's nothing wrong with having that. a somewhat easier activity because you look at this year and i think there's been plenty of challenge you've had the tier the tier three deep dive or tier seven or whatever they were deep dive you have the coil you've had um you've had ghost of the deep you've had uh warlords or you have warlords ruin you have crota you know you've had sufficient challenges this year you know you have you have the coil you've had the vex caliber mission you've had uh wicked implement like there have been challenges this year for you. If you desire that, they are there. Mm-hmm. Like oh. it, there has been challenge this year. Oh and yeah. If you still don't think that there is, like, then that's one. That's probably a personal thing for you. And two, maybe this game just isn't for you anymore. And like, I think that's a healthy thing to be able to admit. The problem is, though, as we've seen time and time again, like we've said a million times tonight, there's no game that feels like Destiny. Yeah. So. How do you, and I think, like, how do you reconcile that with, like, wanting more challenge? And I do think the answer is probably to give us more difficulty options. Uh But I do think that tees up, like, well, you got to figure out how to do rewards for each of those to make them feel rewarding. But, like, make it feel to where, like, those who aren't killing themselves to do the top, 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 top thing aren't getting screwed. Yeah. So it's an interesting balance. I'm curious to see how they're going to take this into episodes because I think changing the seasonal model will change how they approach difficulty overall. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, That kind of puts a bow on this final Schwab, Corey.
0: Yeah. I want to say something a little bit maybe controversial. Maybe not. Uh, H- I haven't, hit
1: me ha- with your controversial thoughts, Corey. I haven't I haven't really been paying
0: a lot of attention to the Destiny community lately. Um, I haven't either. To be honest. I try not to. Uh, but I actually think Fireteam Finder will probably maybe hinder people's experiences more than actually helping them and discouraging them from playing in game activities like raids and dungeons. Now, granted, you're going to have those few, like, like back in the day on halo two voice chat, you added a friend because you guys were playing together and you know, you used to meet people online that way. Right. But like, it all, this, this almost feels like with today's <laughs> internet and people and how dumb everybody is, uh, I almost feel like fire team uh, finder is going to be a hindrance to this game in some way.
1: Um, if you don't I already pers- know people personally, I don't, I don't think so at all. Um, we've been using out of game LFG for so long and I've had bad experiences with those where it's like, Oh, how do you even like figure out how to report people here? You're like in with them. Like you're in a group together. You can tag your posts and like if somebody can't fucking read, then that's their own problem. But like you can set it up however you want. Um, I do think it allows more options than a traditional LNG filter like the one built into Xbox allows for. Um, Everyone I've talked to who has used it has had almost nothing but positive experiences using Fire Team Finder versus just queuing normally and getting randomly assigned with someone like you are you are looking for someone in particular our friend joe Asus said he did a coil run through fire team finder and that he basically got carried and joe is one of the best players i know at this game yeah so i mean mm-hmm. that's like that kind of speaks to like what you can look for like I, i've gone and peeked through some of the listings and there there's a lot of people who are like willing to help teach and make sure that people understand how to do end game activities or to help them get coil completions for quests and things like that i'm very curious to see how this looks when it launches fully i think the only place where it's going to be particularly toxic and hinder growth is going to be like any game when you get into the pvp aspect of it i think that crucible and gambit are going to be both really toxic yeah maybe Um,
0: maybe i'm just too pessimistic in my old age there josh
1: i think you are I think that that sounded really flippant, but um, I I'm choosing to I'm choosing to be on team positivity here. Um, I actually i I was skeptical about how Fire Team Finder was going to look. I think it's it's looked great. I've talked to so many people that I did not think we're going to enjoy it, and they've been like, "Yeah, I, I really really dig what they're doing, Fire Team Finder," and I think that's something that is going to be iterated on over time. It's just a shame that it's taken ten years of using outside LFG sources to finally get this to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of times that I read people on Reddit or on Twitter saying like uh, I I haven't been able to experience all that I paid for in Destiny because I don't have groups of friends to play with and like uh, I'm apprehensive about doing LFGs and this and that and like I think that Fire Team Finder is a really good opportunity for those types of individuals to make a post and be like hey I want to do my first raid ever you know I'm really you know kind of anxious I just need someone who's going to be like really patient with me and thinking that out sometimes you're going to get the right group. So, like, I don't think it's any worse than using an outside LFG source, personally.
0: Well, that's good, then. I just, uh, you know, I just think... (laughs) Well, that's good, then. (laughs) Well, you know, I just think of all these shitty ways of finding players, and it's just, like, not the experience you want, you know?
1: I I grew up in Call of Duty and Halo 2 lobbies. Yeah. On OG Xbox Live. I, uh... (laughs) I'm intimately familiar with uh, the the things that are said to folks. Yeah. Well, that's all I have to say about that then. Yeah. I'll shut up now. Good. <laughs>
0: um,
1: before we move on to questions, I want to talk about a non-Destiny topic with you real quick. A non-Destiny topic? A non-Destiny topic. It is the end on of the year, Corey. Though? It is gaming. It's gaming related. So yeah. I wanted to... Uh, I want to talk to you about this before we get to the end of the year. I'm putting you on the spot, Corey. Oh, boy. I want to have some conversations about Game of the Year. Ooh. We've never shied away from talking about other games on this show. We've made it pretty clear that next year we're going to have to talk about some other stuff because there's no way that Destiny is going to sustain us until June. Um, (laughs) It could. It could surprise you. We we have had we've had uh, some requests to when I finally get to sit down and play through it. Hopefully, in the coming the coming weeks, I've had so many setbacks, but hopefully, here in the coming weeks, I'll be playing Baldur's Gate three. Baldur's we've Casuals. Had a, we've had a request for Baldur's Casuals. We may just take the week off of doing Destiny stuff, and I may sit down with Johnny and just do like a two hour blowout on Baldur's Gate three when I get through it. Um. With the with the year in gaming, I know that uh, neither one of us has played the two most critically acclaimed games of the year, in Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2. Uh, well, I should say two of the most critically acclaimed, because Tears of the Kingdom scored really, really high, too. Um, I know that we're not going to finalize our picks until we come back with Xbox Casuals in January, and we'll reveal our top tens on this show, too, but... Uh, Right now, with a couple of weeks still left to go in the year, Corey, uh, I had a couple of categories Ooh, I wanted categories. to talk to you about. Yeah, I had a couple of categories. Um, the first the first category I want to get to is the, uh, I, I'm dubbing it, the uh, inaugural Redfall in Memoriam More Time in the Oven Award. Oh, gosh. What game needed more time in the oven? Now, <laughs> I don't f- intend for something like the King Kong game to win this. No, I know. Because... When we say more time in the oven, that means that the game had actual promise and, like, did some things right. Mm-hmm. It just needed, like, more polish or it needed, you know, more features. It needed, like, another year to go. <clears throat> Redfall. Um, a year. I don't think a year was going to fix that game. Well, <laughs> better than it was. Um, what would be your pick for the Redfall in Memoriam? More time in the oven award. Uh
0: All right, I'm going to say something about a game that I actually really loved this year, and it's actually probably going to end up in my top five uh, games of the year. But Josh, when Star Wars Jedi Survivor launched... I had a
1: feeling this was going to be your pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it uh, It was a little janky, I'll say, to be nice. Um even after a couple patches, man, like I, I, it was funny because that big patch that literally fixed every issue I had with the game launched like two weeks after I finished it. Um, yeah. But that game, as, as much as I loved it, it was, uh, you know, a hard cra- I mean, it
1: hard crashed on me when it launched like three times and I had to wait to play it. Um, See, it's funny. I never had those kinds of crashes. I had those crashes in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I didn't have any issues in Spider Man Two. And nobody else that I talked to had those issues. We think it's just my PS Five. Well, um, I mean,
0: those PS Fives, man, like there are there are just random components in all half of those consoles, especially if you bought it closer to launch. Like I've heard there are consoles I mean, that straight up just don't play uh, play Returnal. Like they just straight up don't play it.
1: We we've all we've all heard my griping about how I bought a PS Five. Um a couple months after launch, and uh, my controller got stick drift within two months. Mm-hmm. I finished the final fight in Ghost of Tsushima with insane stick drift. That is really hard to do, by the way. <laughs> but I did it, and then I, I put my PS5 down for like a full year until I uh, was sent a controller by a friend who took pity on me. <laughs> um, I would say for this one, I mean, I, I really want to give it the Redfall. I really do think it deserves to go to Redfall. Um, I thought this. I thought this is going to be a game outside of Redfall. <laughs> it sh- it should be, um, and that's why I say like I want to, but I think Redfall is just such low hanging fruit at this point. Yeah. Um, it's funny because we got so many more like hopelessly broken and like bad games throughout the year that like I think folks have kind of forgotten it came out. Yeah. Um, in reality, this should be the uh, the CD Projekt Red Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, inaugural launch in memoriam award is really what this should be. The Xbox one edition. Yeah. Um, I would probably give this to either Jedi survivor at launch, despite it, it will probably end up on my top four of the year. And it was real. It was real janky. Um, specifically having to play through that game in 30 frames was really jarring. Mm -hmm. Um, I would actually say that, uh, my pick is going to go to call of duty modern warfare three on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Just look at how horrendous the time, the development timeline is for that game and tell me how you expected a quality product to come out. Right. Um, again, this should have been an expansion, not a full release. The fact they charged $70 for this is a, is a criminal act. Um, it was one last fuck you to gamers from Bobby Kotick. Um,
0: Man, it, I can't just, wait for January 1st just for the sole fact that dude we're, <laughs> we're gonna D. be doing game, we're do,
1: gonna be doing game of the year and I'm gonna do shots on camera because Bobby Kotick is out at Activision <laughs> um I'm, I'm literally first Xbox casuals of the year I'm gonna be doing shots <laughs> um I'll, I'll like wear a festive hat or something I don't know like bring a, I'm gonna bring a vazuuvla with me <laughs> oh jeez but um, you can but bring in that all, flute in all, from
0: Flute Guy. From oh the my God! League. In all
1: in all seriousness, though, um, Modern Warfare three should never have been released in the situation it was. Sledgehammer should not have been put through what they've been put through for mm-hmm. the last several years. Um, it's a real it's a real shame to see how they've been mistreated under the old regime, and I really hope that improves under Microsoft. I would love for Microsoft just to tell them you don't have to work on Call of Duty ever again, given what you've been put through for the last three years. Yeah. Or last three games. Well, they've done like three games in four and a half years or something, right?
0: Well, hopefully, they'll get on some sort of uh, you know, development cycle where Call of Duty can at least be every other year between two studios Sledgehammer yeah. and Sledgehammer can do what they want. And then on the off years, you either put out Call of Duty map packs or expansion or whatever zombies map maps, just do map packs, yeah, well, or like get on a development cycle where like. Halo can somehow become relevant and fill one, you know, every four years or so. Well, I
1: suspect that, like, Halo and Gears will fill those off years. Yeah. Um, that would be my pitch if I was running Microsoft. Or or Um, Perfect Dark, you know. (laughs) Best narrative of the year. What what was your favorite story of the year, Corey? Oh, man, Jedi Survivor might win that category too. I Um, have a very late contender running into this category. I started Sea of Stars last night. Hmm. And, um, I would, fi- I, I would finish the game before you put that up for nomination. CF St- Nope. Sea of stars, it, it, listen, Garl alone, Garl alone is, uh, is carrying hard right here. How, um, how far
0: are you in the game?
1: Uh, about six hours. Okay. Well, give it they, the, this game is making look- a strong, it's making a very strong push into my top 10. It's closing in on top five status right now. Yeah. Um, I'm really in love with it. I didn't expect to like it at all. Um, I would say that right now, I mean, my my top two probably are Final Fantasy sixteen and Jedi Survivor. Um, yeah. I, I give the slight edge to Survivor. Sixteen really falls apart for me as you get close to the end. Yeah. Um, you got to play the DLC, you... Josh. It'll fix everything. No, it won't. <laughs> I, I have it on good authority. The DLC does not fix anything, um, which is a bummer. Yeah, I would say I had one other one I was thinking of, and it's not Tears of the Kingdom. No, it's, it's not uh, Starfield. I, I mean, Phantom Liberty. Phantom Liberty is pretty high on that list for me. Yeah, I mean that's a. I would, man, you gotta. I mean, I know CD Projekt Red messed up right
0: real bad when they released that game. You gotta give it to them for sticking with
1: it. Uh, you 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 really do. Like you know we, we jo- I I joke about how like the In Memoriam name sh- uh, game should be named after them, but um. Like, in all reality, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think that that's truly one of the great redemption stories in gaming. Like, that, that's a game they had already sold 15 million copies of before it even came out. They had no obligation to go and do everything that they did. Yeah. Um, and instead, I mean, 2.0 feels like a brand new game. So, it shouldn't have taken three years to get to this point, and I think that's just completely unacceptable. Hate that they're only doing one DLC instead of two, but it's a damn good DLC.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, for me, I think
0: uh, I think it's got to be Jedi Survivor. I haven't finished Final Fantasy 16 yet. That's one of the games on my list to finish over the break. Um, OK. You know,
1: I, I also haven't played Cyberpunk, but I hear amazing things about that it's DLC. Cyberpunk, if I had to, if, if I had a gun to my head and had to pick a game of the year today, it's Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so And I, I don't mean, think it's it's not particularly close for me either.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say Jedi Survivor for me. I I love those characters and I I just man, this is the best Star Wars thing they've put out in a long time, in my opinion. What's your uh, What's your favorite performance of the year? Man, favorite performance
1: uh, from like an act like a, like the actor. Or yeah, like, well, I mean, like what's your what's your what's your favorite uh, performance in a video game? I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go ahead and answer this one for me. Uh, okay. I'm going Cameron Monaghan from Jedi Survivor.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a close one. I really also like the guy that plays uh
1: Clyde in Final Fantasy though. Ben Starr is a national treasure. Protect yeah. him at all costs. He's yeah. fucking great. The best meme out of the Game Awards is, is it's a tie between his face with the light on him mm-hmm. or um, Sam Lake dancing. Those are the two best reactions from the Game Awards, I think. Yeah. Um, I understand I, why Neil Newbon won this. Um, um, everybody I talked to who's played Baldur's Gate three is like, yeah, it's it's Neil, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll ride or die for Cameron here. I will. Uh,
0: I also want to shout out uh, Matt Mercer did a great job as a Ganondorf.
1: Or, Matt Mercer does good in everything.
0: I yeah. as as much as I hate I, I every time I hear the meme of Daddy Dorf, I want to vomit in my mouth it <laughs> me off so bad. Uh he did do a great job of making Ganon feel imposing and scary. And uh I mean obviously that helps with the. You animations. mean this
1: Daddy Dorf. Oh my god,
0: I fucking hate you. <laughs> uh but he was a great Ganon. Uh, so he's also the villain in that new vr game that came out the uh wrath of asgard 2 and apparently
1: it's the best vr game ever made according to ign well i'm gonna reserve judgment on that because half-life alex is pretty goddamn good
0: yeah
1: uh ryan mccaffrey uh, reviewed that game shout out to ryan mccaffrey who's the uh the asgard's (laughs) wrath yeah no that was uh that's uh that's travis that's Ty Guy Travis from uh the Last Word podcast.
0: Oh, I only watched the video and it was voiced by Ryan. So
1: Yeah, Ryan Ryan does the voiceovers. No, tra- Travis wrote it. He was shocked. He says it's the first ten out of ten he's ever given at IGN. And it came in with oh. uh fifteen days to go in the year. So that's uh that's only on metaquest, right? Yep. He says it's the killer app for the meta quest, which I've been toying with the idea of getting a meta quest sometime next year, and this kind of solidifies that I'm going to. Yeah um very stoked about that um
0: good i'm glad vr got a game that people actually want to play besides Half what is your, <laughs> which,
1: which is on a completely different headset yeah um what is your um what was your favorite world to explore this year oh that that one's easy for me uh hogwarts legacy man
0: uh really yeah dude i dude i've dude, dude i fucking love that game So much. It's, 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 I love exploring that world, man. It was really, it was great. Great.
1: I think, uh, I, I, I got, I got two here. Um, I'm going to say that I loved both, um, the primary planet that you go to in Jedi survivor. I don't really remember the name of it. I know it's like really linear all over the place, but the the fact they did so much with one planet was really cool.
0: Like the main kind of base planet.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely not Jeddah. Jeddah is in the other direction. Jeddah fucking sucks. Yeah. Half it's just like um, a desert. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh I think the main planet uh, Kobo is what is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Kobo. Uh it's really cool. I really enjoy that. I like how there's all sorts of different biomes there. I specifically love um soaring through the air when you're climbing the old uh, trade federation ships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um when you have to basically go metal gear <clears throat> solid into one of those ships too. Oh yeah. Can I can I shout out Jedi Survivor also
0: for uh I think it's the cleanest job any of Star Wars fiction has ever done merging the prequels and the and the original trilogy in like a cohesive yeah. way. You know, like I, especially like even uh Fallen Order like when you when you open when this game opens up and you are Scrapping the clone ships while the tie fighters are flying over was like—I don't know—I just feel like they've done the cleanest job of merging those two trilogies. Out of anything.
1: it's 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 been really cool. I think I, I really love all the nods to the High Republic stuff that they did too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was really interesting how they wove that in. Yeah. Um, what was? Give, give me a couple of your favorite moments of the year. In terms of games, like what were some of the like moments that made your jaw drop? Mm. I think I got one that's on both of our lists. (laughs) I think I can kick off with it. You kick it, kick it off, Josh. I'm going to try to be as vague as possible just because I don't want to ruin this moment for anybody. The sword pull in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I actually had two from Tears of the Kingdom. I have t- I have two from Tears of the Kingdom as well. That is that is, in my opinion, not only the best moment uh, of that game and possibly of the year. It might be the best moment in the entire franchise.
0: That reveal too was pretty cool. Even that though I kind reveal, of felt it was
1: I've I, I, I it fucked me up. I I cried. Mm-hmm. I put my switch down and walked away. Mm-hmm. I man, yeah. I saw it coming too, mm-hmm. and I was not ready for it when I yeah. got there. You saw it coming, but you didn't know how it was going to play out. I got there extremely early in the game, too. Yeah. Um, I pulled the sword before I even got to the second temple.
0: Mm.
1: Because uh, once I figured out that finding each tier gave you a cutscene, I decided I was going to go find every single tier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I was exploring Hyrule with like four hearts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well. Uh, what was your other one from that game? Uh, I actually really liked the final... like.
0: The final battle, but the, the scene okay. that happens after the final battle when you uh, I've, I've heard
1: about, I've heard about the scene that happens after the final battle. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, I it was just like a nice especially now. I, that could, we, I could make a top five just from this game, I feel.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And it means a lot more now that we know that
1: the Breath of the Wild kind of setting is over. Um, I think it's a really fit. now. I feel like I can just go play this. I don't. I think that that kind of puts the nail in like a DLC discussion. Also, they already said there's no DLC. Well, I mean, I've heard that before from people. So, yeah. Well, we all know Nintendo doesn't like to do DLCs, though. Yeah, and the fact that um, like they've already explored
0: this world three times now, like.
1: Yeah, you know, I, if, if I, I mean, that, that's coin part coin. of why I couldn't even get through, uh, I couldn't finish Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of my other moments from that game is the first time you go into the Underdark,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you realize, oh, it's not just this one area, there's an entire other map down here. Yeah. Um, that That is where the game got to be too overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the, the, the fact that there's entire plot lines down there mm-hmm. is wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is it is an exceptionally well-made game, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I this is my third time exploring this world. I'm tired of it. I couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, despite D- did you play Age of Calamity? Or are you talking about the DLC for Breath of the Wild? a uh, bit of both. Yeah, bit of both. I never finished either, but uh, I'm counting them as one whole. Yeah. I'm I'm tired of this world, I'm tired of this part of the timeline. Yeah. Um, take me back to a more traditional Zelda. Um, I'm not saying you gotta go all the way back to like Ocarina of Time style, but like I don't know. Give me, like, a 3D Beyond Two Worlds or something. I don't know. I, um, I really, uh, I think that was the
0: thing that, ki- like, really, not killed my love for this game, because I actually really love Tears of the Kingdom also, but, like, I spent 230 hours in Breath of the Wild and yeah. another, what, 30 in Age of Calamity and coming back here for a third time.
1: Like, it just, like, it's... I've done all this before it felt like. <laughs> Playing Tears of the Kingdom solidified for me that Breath yeah. of the Wild's the best game of all time. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that, like, when we, when we talk about the and things like that, we think of where we were, like, in life, and, like, what was going on at that time, and, like, you know. Yeah. I do recognize that Tears of the Kingdom does a lot of things better than Breath of the Wild, but it's also, like, It's overwhelming. I hate fucking building things in this game.
0: That's also what killed it for me. I was like, I don't want to go collect resources to build this vehicle to go do this thing because.
1: Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I I did enjoy everybody's YouTube creations that I am clearly not talented enough to make. I would say that another one of mine is um, seeing somebody build like a fucking AC 130 and (laughs) uh, playing uh, Credence over it. Yeah. Fucking Fortunate Son is kicking in while Link is carpet bombing Hyrule. Yeah, um, that was very funny to me. Uh, I don't think I laughed harder at a video game clip this year than seeing that show up on uh, my Instagram feed. Yeah. Um, Getting away from Zelda. I, I did have a couple of others. Um, The assault on the lodge in Starfield mm. is a truly great plot twist that I didn't see coming. Yeah when you have you have to choose between your companions and it's the two that you've spent the most time with we come to find out eventually like people found out afterwards it's the two that you've spent the most time with that you have to choose that was kind of a gut-wrenching choice even though like the companions are really lackluster it's still like oh my god like there's actually stakes to this game um and then i would say the first time you load into new game plus yeah. Um, and you go to the lodge. Those are two of my, be- those might be like two of my best moments of the year. Not might be, they, they absolutely are two of my best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that moment in Oscorp tower in Spider-Man Two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I really loved, uh, I really loved that moment. Um, any of the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man missions are up there. Yeah, um, I got to say, I really
0: like, I really liked Harry's story in that game. Even though, like yeah. for me, the story overall was pretty lackluster, in my opinion. I really liked Harry's arch, and uh, you know, I, I I would really like to see more of that character specifically. Uh, specifically, the first time Harry uses the suit or the the one power the, the the
1: spider pals
0: yeah i want i want more of that i just want dlc based on the spider pals
1: yeah so i i think it's just it's it's so good yeah Very. So, um and then i guess my my final non-game of the year question for you is uh what's the best indie game that you played this year um this might be a surprise to you josh
0: but actually I really loved Ravenlock from Coco Cucumber. I'm genuinely shocked. I I really enjoyed that game. I I loved it. Uh, is it the best game I've ever played? Not by a long shot, but I don't know. There's this like weird little artistic Zelda E game inspired by Alice in Wonderland, and you know the the quote unquote dungeons were like fun, even though they were small. And I mean i I got all the achievements in six hours and it was Mm -hmm. it was just a nice fun little experience so shout out to Ravenlock on game pass
1: so i'm still working through my indies obviously you guys heard me say that sea of stars is making a very strong last minute push um to try and take this away right as of right now if i had to decide today it's cocoon yeah i haven't played cocoon yet um that's a I've got Cocoon and Jassant are my one and two right now. Um Sea of Stars is about to knock jasant off, though. I'm really loving Sea of Stars. Um also it's not an indie, but it is a smaller budget game, and uh we didn't talk like best surprise of the year, but this would absolutely win it for me. Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, I was gonna Shout uh, out to Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, I was gonna
0: mention it in the last uh the last category where like it just was like not really a moment but just like just like turning it on and realizing how great the game is within the first 20 minutes of playing it right and how yeah innovative and smart and artistic it was it was awesome
1: yeah uh it's it's so creative it's so good and i love that i came from a horror studio yeah um that does not want to be known as a horror studio anymore according to shinji Mikami. yeah uh really really happy for that um you know what? I think we're actually going to end it there. If you guys want to hear our game of the year picks. Yeah. Xbox Casuals and Tower Casuals. Both of those, first episode of next year. Mm-hmm. When we come back from the break, yeah. we'll uh, we'll bring our top tens to the table. Yeah. I might think of some other categories to put Corey on the spot for. Oh, I do have one more. I do have one more for you before we get out of here. All right.
0: Hit What's the, the best
1: game from your backlog that you played? The game, game that from did not my... come out in 2023. Oh man, I ha- I actually have a couple that I finished this year. Uh, g- 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 give me two, give, give me two or three. Let
0: give me uh, hold on. Let me pull up my list here. I have a list, Josh. I have a list of backlog games. Um, where's my notepad? There it is. Okay, where's it at? Video games list. Okay. Um, so I played this game on Game Pass called Beacon Pines. That was really good. Yeah. It actually wasn't intended to be a backlog game, but it was. Uh, it's like this little cartoony adventure game, choose your own adventure game, and it's really fun. And yeah, uh, you know that that was that was really great. Uh, but my favorite backlog game, Josh, was Miles Morales because I played Spider-Man one, two, one uh, Miles, and Miles and two Morales back, back, so good. back to back to back. Uh,
1: it's disgustingly good,
0: Josh. I know, I know you know this because you are Mister. <laughs> I know everything about everything, but Miles Morales kick-ass character. I don't pretty great character. I really don't know before playing these games. I really didn't know anything about Miles Morales, except that he was the Spider-Man in the black suit. Yeah, a different black suit. Uh, But dude, his story is so interesting and maybe, and like I was comparing it to like okay we've been listening to this you know a similar Peter Parker story for what 90 years now 80 years now that like yeah that that story feels pretty old but man Miles Morales' story and his backstory and the story in this game and obviously the story in Miles Morales and two specifically for him are I dude I was so into Miles I'm I want more Miles I want more Miles man
1: yeah. So I think you're going to get your wish. Um, yeah. My backlog pick of the year. Uh, it is and is not uh, a backlog pick because uh, it did not come to modern consoles until this year. But uh, it is a game originally released in uh, 2008, re released in 2012 for the ill fated PlayStation Vita. It was the best game on the Vita by far. Persona 4 Golden. Ooh. Um, you guys have heard me talk about Persona a lot over the last year or so. <clears throat> um, I played Persona 5 Royale last fall and immediately fell in love with it. It became a top five game of all time for me. Um, I said to a friend earlier this year that, uh, in fact, I said it to him after beating Phantom Liberty, Phantom Liberty may be my game of the year for right now, but I guarantee you that if I could choose Persona 4, Persona 4 would be the best game I played all year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that good. It's that engaging. The the cast of characters is incredible. The investigation team is so lovable. Yeah. Um, and in like such contrast to the Phantom Thieves from Persona 5, who also, you know, are very lovable characters, but yeah, like just the writers of these games have such a way. And like, you still feel like an 85 hour game is not enough time with them. Yeah. You still feel like you got to spend more time. Like one year of in-game time is not nearly enough with these characters. Mm-hmm. You feel like, okay, I got to, I got, I got, I got to, I got to maximize my time. I got to spend more time with them. Yeah. And I don't want them to go and this and that. And that's the gift that Royale and Golden both give you is they both give you the third semester, which you don't get in a traditional Persona game right away. You yeah. only play through the end of the actual calendar year, and then it skips to the end of the school year once yeah. you hit uh, New Year's. Yeah, I uh, Royale and Golden, though, man. Do you play those on Xbox or on Switch? I played them on. I played them on Xbox. I played them, hashtag Xbox Game Pass guys. They are two of the only games that I've played through the service that I liked so much that I went out and bought a physical copy of them. Um, I bought the I bought the Steelbook version of uh, Royale last year. It sits proudly up on top of my desk next to my Joker amiibo that I've had for years. Mm. Um, and then uh, I ordered Persona Four Golden for Xbox through Limited Run last week. Nice. Um, so you know. If you want to see games like that on your favorite platforms, buy them, support them. Uh, It shows, it shows the demand Playing Even if it's just playing out on game pass, like it shows the demand for those games to come to the West, for them to come to traditional, like non traditional Japanese platforms. Um, God, go play, go play. If you're looking for an extra long game to play and you've already played Baldur's Gate, or, you know, maybe you don't have the money to buy Baldur's Gate, but you have an Xbox game pass subscription, go play persona Four golden um persona 5 royale is gonna be on sale a lot yeah play that i can't wait for reload uh i'm looking forward to reload more than almost any other game next year because i tried to play persona 3 and could not get into it it was just it was too psp for me Uh i mean it's a game that originally came out in 2003 so not ultra surprising there Uh um but i'm really looking forward to reload i'm going i'm going straight from reload to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth to Dragon's Dogma Two. That's how I'm spending my spring next year. Yeah. Um, so I, I I can't wait. These games are incredible. Five again, the, you you can play them without having played previous ones. Um, I would recommend five if you've never played a Persona, play five. It's the best one. It's the longest one. It's the most in depth. It's the funnest one to me. Mm-hmm. But man, four four was a pretty great game to play handheld. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It still feels very much like a Vita game. Yeah. So
0: I also uh before we in end this conversation, I just want to shout out to uh Plague Tale Innocence. Uh really enjoyed that game this year, although I only played mm-hmm. like one chapter a night because it's not really a game that you should probably be playing for four or five hours at a time. It gets kinda, you know, <laughs> frustrating sometimes. Uh, but it was uh it was a delight. I see why people really like that game, the first one, at least. Yeah. So,
1: for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, let's get let's get the questions. We're we're gonna fly through questions pretty quickly here. Questions. Um, simply because we don't have that many, and because I have talked way too long that I took way too long <laughs> on that topic. Um, gladius 15 writes in and says hey guys if you could put an, in a new non-combat activity into the game other than sparrow racing lead what would it be oh man you could um, you could do something like uh
0: almost like uh with the orbs you could throw up to people and then try to play like almost like
1: basketball or,
0: soccer <laughs> Gr- or, Griff or
1: ball like 2.0 yeah kinda yeah g- give me Griff ball 2.0 I would I would love a mode where you're uh where you're throwing the ball back and forth. I'd like for it to be like a hot potato mode, though. Yeah, where like if you don't pass it
0: within like I don't know five seconds uh, or three seconds or something, the bomb blows up and then the other team gets the ball. Yeah. or something.
1: Or at least you have to go. Yeah, really I'd like, but I guess that's like kind of combat. I don't know. I I um, wouldn't say it's combat. I would. I'd say like, like a true firing play. and like tune-up range, also. Yeah. Um, I'd love a mode where you could go test out any gun, where you could go to a firing range, test out any gun in the game with any of its currently available perk combinations to figure out which one you like the best and which one you feel you like the best and like write it down as like a preferred role or like save it as your preferred role or something like maybe the game could alert you then when you get your your chosen role. Yeah, that's a good idea know. actually. Um I would like that. That would be kind of like an evolution of what the Destiny 1 Gunsmith Day was like. Uh-huh. I'd really like to see a return to that. Um Jigglypanda writes in, this is a three-part question. Ooh. With all the negatives that have happened in 2023, what is one good thing that has happened to you in real life, in Destiny, and in the video game community as a whole? So, Corey, hit me with your real-life choice. Oh, I mean, we bought a house, so that was
0: pretty positive. Uh, Corey bought a house. It's like, oh my gosh, Josh, I cannot wait to fucking move in and set up my office. And I'm going to have, like, a real office, Josh. So it's not just going to be some random room <laughs> that I share with three other people.
1: <laughs> right. Um, Man, this is actually a really hard question for me because I didn't have a really great year. Um, it's been actually a really, really shitty year for me. Um, I'd say on a, on a serious note, um, like continuing to go to my therapy appointments and continue to get help um, has been a pretty big thing for me this year. That That is a good thing. If I hadn't done that, I'd be in a really dark place right now with everything that's happened. Um, it's really helped keep me grounded and keep me kind of on the straight and narrow. Um, I was having a lot of problems uh, back at the end of March, throughout April and May. Um, I tried to hide it on here as best I could, but I was in a really dark place. Um, and, uh, yeah, if I if I hadn't been going to therapy like I was, then... Uh, it's I don't I don't want to dwell on like what would have happened. Um, so I'll I'll make that my good thing. Um, good thing in Destiny that happened, Corey. Oh, man. Good thing in Destiny. I mean,
0: man, does it have to be about the game itself? <laughs> I got a lot I of mean, cool. I got a lot of cool Destiny merchandise this year. <laughs> Cor- Corey spent a lot of money this year. That's his cool thing that happened. I got. I got the sh- the the Numbskull Shax. I got uh Varix, which is my favorite character uh in Destiny, yeah. just ironically, I guess. Uh oh, I forgot to tell you, Josh, I got my Grimoire book. Uh I did too. I uh Sabathuna's on it's on her way. I got the Final Shape t-shirt in the collector's edition.
1: So those are all positive <laughs> Destiny things. <laughs> Uh, I did my. I got my first ever day one raid completion this year. Um, I got my first ever contest clear, so that's that's definitely uh that's definitely my pick. Um, that was that was a really cool moment. That was a really special moment um, to get that one done. And then, uh, what's something positive to happen in the video game community as a whole, Corey? I know this one's a little bit hard to answer too. Uh,
0: actually, you know what? I want to go back to the the last question real quick. Um. It, re- it revolves around a sad situation, but when Lance Reddick died, the way that the community rallied and, you know, yeah. it was really cool to see the community really come together for that moment and really share their respect for Lance and what he did for Zavala and Destiny as a whole and, you know, video games as a whole, right? I mean, not just Destiny, but Horizon and Quantum Break and uh, yeah. probably a few others that I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, Lance Reddick was an, an icon in the destiny space and the way the community rallied and kind of showed their respects to him in the tower. And, you know, that was a, a really great moment surrounding a sad situation.
1: Yeah, so. I, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, uh, in terms of the gaming community, um, I think the whole story around Baldur's Gate three has been incredible this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never have picked a CRPG to win Game of the Year in twenty twenty three. I don't know Coming if I would have picked year. a Larian
0: game at all to pick like to be so
1: popular and so positive, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I think the I think the commercial success is pretty surprising. I don't think the critical acclaim is hard at all, though. Um, Divinity Original Sin two is one of the greatest RPGs of all time, um, but I think it's amazing that a D and D video game, a, g- a game that is very hardcore five E D and D is game of the year. Um, and that a CRPG has like resonated on a pop culture level. That's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, Spider-Man two really crossed those boundaries, but man for Baldur's gate to be as popular as it's been and being in being as many non-gamer conversations that I've heard it brought up mm-hmm. is pretty wild. Um, I think coming into this year, a few of us thought, man, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to make a lot of waves. Don't sleep on it because, you know, we've been watching it in early access for three years now. And, you know, coming into this year, I think most of us had Tears of the Kingdom pegged as game of the year. Like yeah. just and especially after we all played it in May, I think it was like, man, how do you top this? And then uh, Larian just kind of chuckled themselves and 60 days later dropped, you know, what's one of the greatest games of all time? Yeah, Um, and that's not hyperbolic at all to say that like this very well might be the best RPG of all time. Yeah, let me Um, let me tell you a little Baldur's Gate three story here, Josh. Hit me, Corey. Hit me with
0: your Baldur's Gate three story. Someone that I someone that I work with, uh, he's he's older, like, you know, maybe a decade or more older than us. Right. And he grew up playing Baldur's Gate one and two, and he kind of fell off games, you know, as he got older, like he still plays a couple, but, you know, he's not into it like us. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. um he uh a couple weeks ago a couple weeks ago maybe like a month ago or so he's like hey you know anything about this new Baldur's gate game i haven't played that since like you know <laughs> the 2000s or like the <laughs> i'm like yeah it's uh it's up for game of the year for the for the video game awards this year um i hear it's pretty good he's like huh I used to love Baldur's Gate. I think I'm going to give it a try, and he like ended up buying uh, a PlayStation to play it. <laughs> so that I thought that was kind of, you know, like to bring up you know people that aren't really into games yeah. talking about Baldur's Gate in a way that nobody really thought to like that's kind of cool.
1: Hit me what what's your uh, what's your gaming moment of the year? Is that it?
0: Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty close one. Um, I don't know. I I feel like. I feel like the community as a whole has been pretty positive, especially around like all these layoffs and people calling for action to be taken yeah. and smarter decisions to be made and, uh, you know, put the right people in the right spots to make, to make sure this stuff doesn't happen again. Cause as great as it was for game releases, man, like 10,000 people in the game industry got laid off this year and it was, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it was rough to watch really it's hard you know it's hard and i know it's like a rough year and especially in the tech space in general right because like where i work like we saw a lot of layoffs in that space too this year but like man some of these decisions just feel dumb you know like we we thought that this high was gonna last and it didn't right the COVID high where you know, Bungie was planning all these things or Epic was expanding and opening the store and money was, you know, almost free to borrow from the banks. And now you got to pay it all back and somehow pay your employees and they're not making as much money because people are getting laid off. And it's like, man, but I want to say like the way, you know, the gaming community can be rough a lot of the time, but I think in this instance, it was pretty obvious that people are pulling for the developers and not the executives. And, uh, That was really
1: a good thing to see, I think. Our final question from Jigglypanda is, because I love hearing the sandwich talks, if you could turn any exotic into a sandwich, what would it be? The (sighs) Dragon's Breath. Mm, That would be something spicy, I feel. I'm going to do the Dragon's Breath. It's going to be a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. It's going to have extra pickles. It's going to have a little bit of slaw on it. I'm probably going to put as much as I don't care for it. I'm going to put some of that spicy brown mustard on there also. Ooh. So, it's going to be and no, I'm not going to I'm not going to put spicy brown mustard on there. I'm going to put some I'm going to put some hot sauce on there. I'm going to put some buffalo sauce on there on mm. top of this. This thing is going to be three alarm rated to give you heartburn. I will never eat this sandwich.
0: Mm.
1: I value my insides. I value my bowels more. Mm. I will not be eating this. Mm. But the dragon's breath would be my pick. Hmm. That's interesting. Yes, I've been thinking about this for two days.
0: <laughs> let me, let me, let me share a little, uh, a little bit of a uh, a Gallerhorn sandwich here, Josh. Hit me. Are you ready for this? Not only is it one massive sandwich, Josh, in the middle, but there's also a bunch of the same sandwich. mini sandwiches on king's hawaiian rolls, Josh. That's around it. To account for the the wolfhead rounds. Okay. It's 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 going to be delicious. You put a little bit of uh put a little bit of uh, you know, some seasoned chicken on there, some uh some saucy chicken on there. You put a little bit of bacon. Three different types of cheeses on there, Josh. You got your provolone, you got your mozzarella, okay. You got your cheddar. Maybe uh, maybe do it up with a little bit of a slaw. Like a little bit of a slaw on there. Some bacon. And then the little sliders, man. You got the little sliders wrapped around the giant sandwich in the middle. You know, for a party treat. Interesting. For a party treat. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Josh, speaking of sandwiches, I'm going to be in... in Disney in seven in six weeks. Six weeks. Better believe it, dude. I have I have a hundred dollar Earl sandwich gift card waiting for me. God, I hate you so much. No, you don't. You love it. Do not. I can send you one if you want
1: because I. (laughs) It might be moldy by the time it gets to you. I would love for somebody to send me a Hawaiian barbecue. No, wait, they don't make it anymore. Mm. Um, Tiger Jesus writes in. Our final question tonight Would you rather have six new dungeons, no raids, or three new raids, no dungeons? Honestly, I'm I gonna think go with si- go, go ahead, Corey. I'll I, let you I was this gonna one. say,
0: honestly, I think uh, I would pick six dungeons mm-hmm. over three raids.
1: Yep, yep, that's 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 my way of thinking. First, you're getting more content, you're getting more accessible content on top of yeah. that. Uh, it is easier to get three people together for a dungeon than it is to get six together for mm-hmm. a raid, in my experience.
0: Yeah. And I feel like there's way more hits than misses in the dungeon area.
1: Yeah, if we could just, like, get the loot to be more consistent. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mean you don't like the Hakka armor set? From uh, I, I do not like the Hakka armor set. I do think that generally the, the raid loot is pretty good. Um, my thing is, we've already seen what it's like to get three raids in a year. This is how you end up with Crown of Sorrow as one of your raids. Mm-hmm. So... I'm deliberately staying away from that. Give me six dungeons because I think like dungeons are a good capstone to a lot of the minor storylines that we get. Yeah. Raids, I think are those big pinnacle moments of the franchise. Yeah. Or should be, I mean, you take down Oryx, you take down, you're taking down Oryx, you're taking down, um,
0: Riven,
1: you know, you're taking out, yeah, you're fighting Rolk, you're fighting Nezarak. Like, these are like pinnacle moments in the series. You're fighting Tanix for the fifth time. Yeah. Um, you know, these are pinnacle moments that we're doing. And I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that's just how it should be. I feel like those should be those pinnacle activities, those pinnacle moments. I think that dungeons should be a step down. I think dungeons work great to explore a setting we wouldn't want to make an entire like world around like Warlord's Ruin, I think is really awesome. because It's basically a D and D adventure in destiny. Yeah. You know, I think the duality is really cool because we're going inside Calus's mind. Yeah. You know, we're fighting his version of Keitel and of Galran and things like that. I think, I think all these, all these elements are really cool. So uh, I would take six dungeons. Uh, also if it was spread out over a year you're getting a dungeon like every two months that's awesome
0: yeah I mean that would
1: keep people in the game for sure it would certainly keep people in the game especially if they're good and the loot pool's good
0: and you could grind for it
1: well a little dubious on uh, the loot pool being good Corey let's head to the lore corner I said good not great (laughs) let's head to the lore corner for our final piece of the year nothing too big brained here Um, I don't have any dawning lore to share with anybody this year at least not yet we might have some when we get back. I haven't unlocked anything, so um, and nothing's in the API, so I'll have to take a look. This is for the uh, chival chivalric fire, the uh, void caster sword. You can uh, earn this season. It should be elegant," says Zavala, striking his breastplate with a fist. The sound echoed throughout the room. The Vanguard's representatives are as suited to diplomacy as they are combat. That is our strength when our allies range from an Ahamkara to the Cabal. Shax's firm gesture of denial drives the side of his hand into a shelf. An Amalon-branded canister falls off and rolls across the floor. It must be an unstoppable force in sword form. It should spit fire. Also, it should be red. No, no, the drifter says from the doorway. He kicks the rolling canister away without looking down. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I pay my taxes. Taxes and W-2s apparently exist in the tower. Uh, You can trust me. It needs to look mean. You want people thinking they're madder, badder, and hungrier than me. I'm not tangling with them. Banshee44 dubiously scratches his jaw with the point of his stylus. He glances up at his clients from his notepad. That's a lot of elements for one design. Can you cut a couple? The workshop erupts in impassioned shouts. I love the idea that this is what the three of them are arguing over the most is the design of a fucking sword that we're all get, that they're all going to scam us with from the vendors. Mm. I love it so much. I I like that like this also kind of explains like the rationale for ornaments in universe also. That's kind of it's kind of great to me. I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I want more interactions like this, and I wish we got some like this on screen. But uh, sadly, it feels like we're not going to. I'm always going to read this in Lance Reddick's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a, a side tangent. That's We're probably going to hear
0: Keith David sooner than later, too, right?
1: I would imagine Keith David probably we hear from in either Wishes or Into the Light, to like acclimate us to his voice. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I I love I love things like this. I like seeing Drifter interact with like the main leaders. Because normally it's like, oh, he's talking with Eris. Occasionally he'll be in a room with Ikora, maybe. But it's always like Aeris or Elsie or like us. He doesn't usually hang out with Zavala and Shaq. So I love the idea of like you know, Vanguard and Crucible, and then fucking Gambit. He's just reminding you that Gambit is still in the game. I love. Mm-hmm. I, I personally love the mental image of him reminding everybody like once a year that uh, hey, Gambit still exists. You know. <sighs> yeah. Transmats are still firing. <laughs> so um, everybody's but that, that's it. Sh- I mean, everybody's had their fair share of moat moat dumping. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's had their fair share of moat dumping. Indeed, that's all I've got that that's it nothing nothing big brained here
0: maybe that should be the title I of the think episode. I think
1: we're good moat dumping <laughs> moat dumping yeah let's let's get let's get on out of here all right Josh uh I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of tower casuals remember we are off for what three weeks right three uh weeks. something like that yeah so the, twa- the TWABs the are not gonna return until the uh, 16th I think they said yeah so uh and we're not
0: recording on the first because holiday. So we'll be back on the eighth uh, to record an
1: episode for the ninth, I guess, or uh, for the, for Xbox Casuals. Wait, and then... Hold on. Um, I did my math yeah, wrong. You, you've got your math wrong. Yeah, we uh, we will not. I mean, we should just go ahead and take that week off. Honestly, I guess it would be uh, the fourth. I guess. No, I was going to say take that week off. Yeah, no, um, I'm saying like that would be the week we would take off. Would be the fourth. Yes. Um, we'll be back with Xbox Casuals the morning of Tuesday, January the 9th and Friday, January the 12th for Tower Casuals. Thank you, Josh. Um, we'll have Game of the Year conversations on those episodes, respectfully. Um, I would honestly say strap in, guys. We were going to kind of be flying through this season by the seat of our pants. Flying, Um, I would say, like riding on the back of a tortoise. That's 800 years old. <laughs> I mean, it's we, we don't it's hard to have a plan when we don't know what the content is going to look like. Yeah, yet. Um, we were really expecting to be coming in and like hitting the ground running. You know, oh, my God, we've only got like six weeks to the final shape and, you know, be sharing final theories and stuff. We'll, we'll have story content to carry us through most of February, most of January and February. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of a challenge. We may uh, we may talk some RPGs. Uh, in the next couple of months, just so you guys know, like fair warning, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to take episodes off if we don't have to. Yeah. Um, and we will be, uh, once we come back, we'll be a couple months off from episode 200. Oh man. We're uh, about 200 is currently projected to, uh, to be in May. Yeah. Um, I think when I was doing the math, it, uh, it'll hit exactly one week before the final shape.
0: Oh, I guess we should probably take a week off in between there. Something.
1: <laughs> oh my God! No, I don't. I don't even want to think about trying to do episode 200 and the final shape review in the same episode. Yeah. No. Oh God. Um, regarding some stuff over break, um, I will probably record a really quick episode next uh, next Tuesday evening. Uh, by myself. I won't take any questions. Um, I want to talk about that exotic mission before it's been sitting for a month. All right. Um, so I will probably record that and put it up myself, a uh, quick little, like 20 minute conversation, uh, talk about the exotic a little on, on our Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Y'all can look for that. It won't be anything super long or, uh, involved, but do that before, uh, I get wrapped up in, uh, family Christmas and, uh, go out of town. Um, of course I'm going to be doing game of the year stream, uh, on Wednesday, the 27th, um, on a friend's channel, I'll, uh, I'll tweet out a link or post a link, whatever. When we do that, uh, 28th, I'll be doing beer miss. That'll be fun. We'll be drinking beer, various beers for about 12 hours straight. Um, uh, that ought to be interesting as well. And then, um, yeah, Corey and I'll be back the second full week of January. We will be back. Huh. We will be back. Um, so yeah, everybody, uh, I hope that you have enjoyed this year uh, as much as we have. I know it's been a real up-and-down year for the for the game and for the community, but um, I'm really happy and proud of the community that we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some guys step it up in a really big way to help out this year. Uh, of course, we wouldn't have the Discord community without Nerd. Uh, he has done so much getting the, getting the Discord running for us and really managing it um, because Corey and I are Discord illiterate. Um, hmm. Ronnie and Saint have really uh, stepped up these last couple weeks. They just did some uh, emblem giveaways. Nerd is doing his cookie contest through New Year's Day. We'll be voting after that on your best interpretation of Christmas cookies or um, of the uh, cookies in the game. I said that if I do not see Grandma hmm. or Mima's name in the recipe name, I am throwing them out. Um, so I expect to see that from you guys. And uh, when we get back from the break... Nerd has set up a really cool little tournament that we've already started assembling teams for in the Discord. We're gonna do a dungeon crawl. Uh, he has set up some specific rules for said crawl. Uh, we're gonna start promoting that when we get back from the break. But if you want more details, you can head on over to the Discord, head on over to uh, event sign up, and see exactly what's going on there. Uh, I know we've got some vex mythic class uh, catalyst runs that we're gonna do during the break. Uh, I imagine we're going to get a lot of Crowdown Warlords Ruins runs in for folks as well. Maybe some farming runs. We've we've got a lot of time. Like we're all just kind of chilling for the next few weeks. So come on by, jump in, find a game. If you see one of us online, holler. And uh, I got I, my my last thank you of the year, of course. You is to you, Corey, my uh, my beloved co-host. Of course, thank you for another year of. Uh, destiny ups and downs yeah to share together yeah Hundred and eight, hundred and eighty episodes together yep thereabouts yep that's uh it's a lot it's a lot josh it's it is in fact a lot my friend
0: uh but josh i also you know how much i appreciate you and how much you bring to the show the show would not exist without you you know i mean literally and you know <laughs> It'd probably just be, like yeah. you know, <laughs> one of those shows people try and then leave after 10 episodes because nobody really knows what they're talking about. But, you know, I, I appreciate you and everything you bring to the show and Xbox Casuals too. And uh, also the community makes us a whole lot better as well. You know, everybody in the discord and uh, out there playing and doing the things. So, uh, but that's it. That's a wrap. Join the Discord. I want to thank everybody for watching and listening. Until next time, we love you. Goodbye.